It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From San Francisco, California, with your host, Ben Kaspik, this is Locked On Giants Baseball. Welcome back to Locked On Giants Baseball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and I'm thrilled to be with you again today. On the show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, approximately 15 minutes in length, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also insightful and easily digestible, easy for everyone to understand. To get this show every single weekday, you need to hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. You can find us on the brand new podcast app Himalaya or Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Then, when you're driving to work, from work, or around town, all you have to do is get in your car and tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Giants Baseball and we'll be right there with you for the drive. For the latest takes on NBA free agency, follow all of the Locked On Podcast Network hosts on one Twitter feed, at LockedOnNBANet. It's an awesome way to get all the latest opinions from the local experts during NBA free agency on Twitter at LockedOnNBANet. Coming up on today's show, we'll do our second installment of the year doing some Q&A that was posted on Twitter. So thank you to all of you who posted your questions. We're going to try to get to all of them. Joe says, talk about how you became a Giants fan, why you continue to follow them closely. So I remember very specifically being introduced to baseball in the late 90s when my brother was invited to a baseball game at Candlestick Park for a friend's birthday. And as we were in the car, my brother, my dad, and I, uh, my dad pulled out a piece of graph paper and started kind of writing some things down, drawing a field, and trying to explain the rules to my brother who was going to the game. I kind of remember that he wasn't too interested in what my dad was saying, but for whatever reason, it just totally captured my attention. And I didn't, and I didn't go to the game, but I, was, I just vividly remember being in the car and seeing that whatever he was writing on the graph paper. So then I wanted to go to a game, and eventually I was taken to a game, and pretty much the rest was history. So this was in the late 90s when I was, you know, I was like 10 years old. And we went to some games at Candlestick, went to the last game at Candlestick. I remember the home plate being flown out by helicopter to Pacific Bell Park, the brand new park that was opening in 2000. We went to the first game there. We went to those exhibition games there. That first season, Barry Bonds, 2001, I mean, all of it just really captured my attention and imagination. I was there when Barry Bonds hit number 71 in 2001. And then in 2002, of course, with that epic playoff run, we did go to a lot of playoff games. I vividly remember Benito Santiago's home run, and I was only 13 years old at the time. I just, I actually remember like hearing the sound off the bat, seeing him twist, which was an unusual finish on a swing, and just the crowd going crazy. I remember the orange thundersticks, the pom poms, all that madness and just the crowd and the electric atmosphere it definitely had an impact on me that continues to I continue to chase that to this day so then there was the heartbreak of 2002 when they lost the world series and it just ripped my heart out and so I think that sometimes losing can make you even more of a fan than winning because when everything is good you know it's easy to just ride that wave but if you actually are invested and then they lose it just rips your heart out and that's when you really know that you're committed when that happens and then you're still totally invested. 
so that just continued and and you know it was part of growing up you know as i got older my fandom and interest in baseball has expanded drastically i used to be not so into the numbers and i was someone as a young person who was just traditional you know paying attention to only the normal stats reading henry shulman in the chronicle the sporting green every morning checking the standings reading what he had to say looking at the leaderboard seeing who who was up there you know in home runs batting average run scored whatever looking for giants players who were in bold font as opposed to normal font for everyone else at some point i became very interested in you know, I was exposed to people saying, hey, wait a second, don't pay attention to these other numbers that you've been paying attention to. Pay attention to these numbers that are more indicative of a player's real talent. And so it, I definitely just paid attention to that and went further and further down the rabbit hole, discovered I have a natural tendency to relate to and understand statistics. And so those things went just went hand in hand. And so pretty much ever since that time in that car, when I was, you know, before being 10 years old, I was just hooked on baseball and it's been that way ever since. So that's the long version. Sorry if that took too long, but that's the answer right there. So Diego asks a long question that he took a screenshot of a note as opposed to trying to write it all on Twitter. So that works perfectly fine. But his question is, the A's have been mentioned frequently as a potential destination for both Bumgarner and Smith. Do you think this makes sense for both sides? If so, do any names on Oakland's big league roster or farm system jump out to you as sensible trade targets? If time permits, do you have any thoughts on Mark Canna and Chad Pinder specifically? Those two have always struck me as under-the-radar contributors on Oakland's roster who may also be expendable from their perspective. So yeah, first of all, I definitely think there's a much higher likelihood of a trade between the A's and the Giants than there used to be. It used to be Personally, my kind of take on why there wasn't a trade between these two teams for so long has a lot to do with the fact that their styles are extremely were extremely different in terms of how their front offices operated. The A's, you know, cutting edge on a low budget. They have to be cutting edge. Otherwise, they're not going to be able to compete. And I think the Giants always felt like if they were dealing with the A's, the A's were probably ripping them off to an extent and they didn't want to lose that credibility by losing trades to the A's. And at the same time, the A's would never do a deal that had the Giants ripping them off. So it was just a bad match, an old school team versus a new school team. We saw some trades go down between the Giants and the Rays in the last couple of years with the old front office. But they're so far away that, you know, imagine if the, you know, the Matt Moore, Matt Duffy trade or the Evan Longoria trade, like if that had happened and the A's were the team that did that to the Giants... I think the Giants would have been more humiliated by those moves. As it stands, they don't ever see the Rays. They're just on the total opposite side of the country, so it doesn't affect them. So that anyway, that's just setting up my answer, which is that I do think it's a potential fit between the Giants and the A's for Bumgarner and Will Smith. I think the Rays have been interested in Smith. The Twins have been interested in Bumgarner and Smith. So these are the type of teams that the A's kind of remind me of. Not in huge markets, limited payroll not teams that generally go after rental players like Bumgarner and Smith, but Smith specifically is just so talented that if you're a team like the A's or the Rays or whoever, you really want him kind of regardless of if he's a rental or not. Regarding Bumgarner specifically, if you're a team that just really doesn't have a starting rotation and you're trying to make the postseason, he's a guy who's definitely on your radar, especially because you might think the cost might be low enough because he's a rental and he's not doing as well as he used to do when he was in his prime. 
Honestly, I don't think it's the best fit out there. I think the A's are not going to be willing to pay what the Giants would want. I don't think they have the kind of resources to be trading away the caliber of prospects that the Giants might want. The A's really, it's in their DNA to hold on to their best prospects unless they're really going for the jugular. But the fact that they're you know only competing potentially for a wild card, I don't think they have much of a chance in the AL West with the Astros at the top there. So I don't think they're going to mortgage their future much just for a chance to play a one-game playoff game. I think Will Smith would make more sense because you can utilize him heavily in a potential wildcard game. But at the end of the day, I would put the A's kind of low on the likelihood spectrum of who is going to get either player. Steven Piscotty is hurt, so Mark Canna has been playing pretty much every day. He's also already 30 years old. I don't necessarily think he's a great fit for the Giants in that regard because the A's are using him full-time right now with with Piscotty down. I think Chad Pinder is a little more realistic of a potential fit, but he's also, you know, he looks like a platoon player for the most part. In his career, he's been about 10% below average versus righties and almost 20% above average versus lefties. So that's obviously good. Good defensive outfielder too. So he, he's probably an upgrade over like the Austin Slater position on their team, maybe even the Tyler Austin position as well in that role as a kind of left-handed, you know, right-handed bat to play against lefties. So I can definitely see the Giants being interested in, in Pinder, but I'm also not sure he's the type of piece the Giants would be seeking in a, in a Bumgarner or Will Smith trade. They definitely have some interesting prospects, Jesus Lozardo, AJ Puck, but I just don't see them giving up on either of those guys for rental players. Sean Murphy, a catching prospect, also a a very good prospect. But outside of that, they don't necessarily have any guys who show up on top 100 lists. And I do think that's the type of return the Giants would be expecting for Will Smith and or Madison Bumgarner. Even if it requires pairing them together and taking on somebody else's bad contract, I think they're going to look for impact pieces. So coming up in the next half, we'll continue to answer your questions in the order they were received. Just want to thank everyone again who submitted the questions. You made this show possible, so thank you very much. New game day shirt? Boom. Cash back. Food for the tailgate? Boom. Cash back. Even buying a round can earn you cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. In sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the win, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Did I mention there are no fees, period? This one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. Okay, so as promised, here in the second half, we'll continue to answer your questions that you submitted on Twitter. Thank you to everyone who submitted questions. So Julesy Boy wants to know, what's the over-under on me saying all told per episode? Is it four? So yeah, (laughs) I didn't necessarily realize I said that a lot. I know it's something that I say, but yeah, I definitely say all told a lot, probably every time I say their record. Uh, So yeah, good one. And uh, we'll try to be more conscious, maybe say that a little less moving forward. Bon wants to know, with Beattie being sent back down to AAA for Ray Black, do I think uh, we'll see Ray Black or someone else sent back down for Menez? Honestly, no. I think that it would probably be Beattie again. There's a little bit more of a complicated story. In In the Athletic article by Andrew Baggerly, I kind of glossed over this because I was reading it quickly to get ready for a show, but... There seems to be some sad news. I believe his stepfather died recently. And so 
it was a factor where they they he wanted to take some time off and there was a question if they should send him on the put him on the bereavement list and it ended up being in the best interest of both sides to just option him to the minor so i don't know if that's what something they were planning to do anyway with the all-star break upcoming but the way it functions for me is that they don't need him to pitch until after the all-star break his spot wouldn't come up until afterwards so there's no reason not to just send him down and have an extra reliever on the team. And I do think Ray Black, part of the reason he's here is to get some evaluation because a bunch of these relievers are probably going to get traded out, not just Will Smith, who seems like a given, but then potentially Sam Dyson and Tony Watson as well. So they're going to need guys to come in and take those innings. And so, you know, start now with looking at Ray Black and seeing what you have there. I know he did pitch some last year, but he didn't do very well, so more exposure probably a good thing for Black, and why not just see a little bit of him in the next three games? But I do think Tyler Beatty would probably be the guy to come up in the second half of the season after the All-Star break. That was pretty much implied in the Athletic article that he was just being sent down procedurally, but he is likely to get called back up. I don't think it was so much a demotion as it was just a strategic little move to get an extra arm when they didn't need Tyler Beatty. However, I do think Menez will get called up eventually as soon as they start trading away some pieces, specifically Madison Bumgarner, who's likely to be dealt, I would say. They're going to need somebody else, and I do think Menez is probably high up on that list of potential call-ups. Justin Cooper wants to know, with, inter- with rumors of international signings committing to teams several or more months before the signing window opens, do you think the latest signings are Zaidi signings or prior work done by the organization? So honestly, I don't totally know the answer to that question. This is not my greatest area of expertise, the international signings. So I would recommend that if you really want to know the answer to that, you would check out at Giants Prospects on Twitter. He's very connected to what is going on with the Giants minor league system, international signings, whatever it is. I would also refer you to at Giant Prospective, no E on the end of Prospective. And they should be able to answer that question better as well. So that is all the time we have for today. I hope you enjoyed this Q&A. And if you wanted to submit a question but didn't, don't worry because we'll do this again. We're going to continue to do this. We'll probably do it again in the next week when the Giants are off because of the All-Star break. Remember, to get this show every day, you need to hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. You can find us on the brand new podcast app Himalaya or Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. On this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, approximately 15 minutes in length, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also insightful and easily digestible, easy for everyone to understand. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspic. You can follow me on Twitter, at Cove underscore cast. If you like this show, please consider rating it, leaving a review, and telling your friends and family to check us out. I cannot wait to be with you again on Monday. We'll talk about these three games over the weekend between the Giants and the Cardinals. Drew Pomeranz gets the start for the Giants, the right-handed pitcher Dakota Hudson on the mound for the Cardinals. Until then, we'll see you next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.